Hello, this is Father Neil here and welcome to the April 18th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at seven number 796 to 801 of the Catechism. The Church is the Bride of Christ, paragraph 796. The unity of Christ and the Church, head and members of one body, also implies the distinction of the two within a personal relationship. This aspect is often expressed by the image of bridegroom and bride. The theme of Christ as bridegroom of the church was prepared for by the prophets and announced by John the Baptist. The Lord referred to himself as the bridegroom. The apostle speaks of the whole church and of each of the faithful members of his body as a bride betrothed to Christ the Lord so as to become but one spirit with him. The church is the spotless bride of the spotless lamb. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her. He has joined her with himself in an everlasting covenant, and never stops caring for her as for his own body. This is the whole Christ, head and body, one formed from many, Whether the head or members speak, it is Christ who speaks. He speaks in his role as the head, ex persona capitis, and in his role as body, ex persona corporis. What does this mean? The two will become one flesh. This is a great mystery, and I am applying it to Christ and his church. And the Lord himself says in the gospel, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. They are in fact two different persons, yet they are one in the conjugal union. As head he calls himself the bridegroom, as body he calls himself bride. 3. The church is the temple of the Holy Spirit. 797. What the soul is to the human body, the Holy Spirit is to the body of Christ, which is the church. To the Spirit of Christ, as an invisible principle, is to be ascribed the fact that all the parts of the body are joined one with the other and with their exalted head, for the whole spirit of Christ is in the head, the whole spirit is in the body, and the whole spirit is in each of its members. The Holy Spirit makes the church the temple of the living God. Indeed, it is to the church herself that the gift of God has been entrusted. It is in her that communion with Christ has been deposited, that is to say, the Holy Spirit as the pledge of incorruptibility, the strengthening of our faith and the ladder of our ascent to God. For where the Church is, there also is God's Spirit. Where God's Spirit is, there is the Church and every grace. 798. The Holy Spirit is the principle of every vital and truly saving action in each part of the body. He works in many ways to build up the whole body in charity, by God's word, which is able to build you up, by baptism, through which he forms Christ's body, by the sacraments, which give growth and healing to Christ's members, by the grace of the apostles, which holds first place among his gifts, by the virtues which makes us act according to, to what is good, 
finally by many special graces called charisms, by which he makes the faithful fit and ready to undertake various tasks and offices for the renewal and building up of the church. Charisms, 799. Whether extraordinary or simple and humble, charisms are graces of the Holy Spirit which directly or indirectly benefit the church, ordered as they are to our building up, to the good of men and to the needs of the world. 800. Charisms are to be accepted with gratitude by the person who receives them, and all members of the church as well. They are a wonderfully rich grace for the apostolic vitality and for the holiness of the entire body of Christ, provided they really are genuine gifts of the Holy Spirit and are used in full conformity with authentic promptings of this same Spirit, that is, in keeping with charity, the true measure of all charisms. 801. It is in this sense that discernment of charisms is always necessary. No charism is exempt from being referred and submitted to the Church's shepherds. Their office is not indeed to extinguish the Spirit, but to test all things and hold fast to what is good, so that the diverse and complementary charisms work together for the common good. Okay, so we continue the section of the Church as the Temple of the Holy Spirit. Before we started, there was the number 796 that I forgot to read yesterday. And again, it's applying this... um, this uh, thing of St. Paul, where he says um, that the church, talking about the, the, the church and Christ. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her. But this uh, really using the marital image of the church, that the church is in a marital relationship with Christ, whereby the two become one, you know, one spirit, one flesh. And that this is, uh, again, this relationship in the church, uh, the relationship, sorry, in marriage, in Christian marriage, is an image of the relationship between Christ and the church. This union that's there. Again, the big difference is that the husband and the wife, regardless of what they might think themselves, neither of them is perfect. You know, Neither of them has everything. Whereas between Christ and the church, obviously, Jesus is perfect and he is the one that brings everything to the table and the poor body that is the, the church brings nothing. And yet together, they're this dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives fully in the head, lives fully in the body, and lives fully in each member, in each one of us. So we have this Holy Spirit that's there, that really the church is the temple of the Holy Spirit. This place where the Holy Spirit is present in our world. Obviously the Holy Spirit is always present. Obviously the Holy Spirit is omnipotent. Obviously the Holy Spirit was always there. Obviously the Holy Spirit is in heaven. But the special meeting place, the privileged meeting place for the Holy Spirit is in the church. And each one of us is called to be that church. Each one of us is called to make that church present. Each one of us is called to to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. That's why the church has always had charisms. That these are the two things that the church needs. It needs the institution and the charism. The offices and the charisms. The charisms are things that have been inspired by God. The Holy Spirit inspires people to do different things. Sometimes they seem to be uh, outside of the law, outside of the norm. Many times they seem to be outside of the norm. 
Again, there are some fantastic examples in history. People like St. Francis that just turns everything on its head. And yet, the church will recognise that the Holy Spirit is present there. All of the saints, in a sense, make things uncomfortable. They shake things up. But ultimately, the church has to say, yes, I recognise this. I recognise this as being true. You know, the Pope has to say that this is something, if it's something major, the Pope has to say this is something real. I recognise this as being a valid charism. And again, there are many examples of valid charisms in the church. And then on a smaller level, on a local level, it has to recognise within wherever it is that if somebody, for example, has a great uh, mission for singing, a great charism for singing, in a sense on the local level, the parish priest has to recognise it and to invite them to sing in the Mass. It can't be that somebody just decides to stand up in church and to sing a solo, that this doesn't work. And again, the same thing with uh, so many other aspects. But the charisms need to be recognised, need to be, and need to be in obedience to the church. And there's this relationship that's always there between the Peter and the Paul, that we need both. We need both the institution and the charism. The institution gives things a structure, makes sure that there's this connection with the apostles, makes sure that things are done well, and the charism keeps things alive. As I say, we can't choose one or the other. We can't even say that one is better than the other. We need both. We need both in the church. Both need to be really presently there. And this is the the tragedy, in a sense, of the uh, Christian bodies that cut themselves off from the institution, that cut themselves off from the Pope. That unfortunately then, very soon, the charisms are very affected as well. It's not that you can cut yourself off and nothing happens. That the churches that are uh, that have become uh, separated from Rome begin to suffer, begin to wither. But anyway, so that's um, that's why we need the two. That's why we need this Holy Spirit. This we need this communion. We need to form this one body, this single body, so that the charisms can dwell in us. So now we finish reading the in brief section. In brief, eight o two, Christ Jesus gave Himself for us to redeem us from all iniquity and to purify for himself a people of his own. 803. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people. 804. One enters into the people of God by faith and baptism. All men are called to belong to the new people of God, so that in Christ men may form one family and one people of God. 805. The church is the body of Christ. Through the Spirit and his actions in the sacraments above all the Eucharist. Christ, who once was dead and is now risen, establishes the community of believers as his own body. 806. In the unity of this body, there is a diversity of members and functions. All members are linked to one another, especially to those who are suffering, to the poor and persecuted. 807. The church is the body of which Christ is the head. She lives from him in him and for him. He lives with her and in her. 808. The church is the bride of Christ. He loved her and handed himself over for her. He has purified her by his blood and made her the fruitful mother of all God's children. 809. The church is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is the soul, as it were, of the mystical body, the source of its life, of its unity, in diversity, and of the riches of of its gifts and charisms. 810. Hence the universal church is seen 
to be a people brought into unity from the unity of Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. So very well, so we have uh, this section finished and we'll continue tomorrow with numbers 811 to 822. God bless.